We welcome in Ryan Hinkle from the Hockey News Covers the Carolina Hurricanes. Back to Sports 1440. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning. How are you? Uh, doing great up here. Doing great. So whenever I look at the Carolina Hurricanes and I check out the standings, I just go, these guys are like stealth. They're sneaky. Everyone talks about Boston. They talk about Florida. They talk about the Rangers. And Do you feel that Carolina sort of just sneaks under the radar out there? What's your thoughts on that? Uh, currently this year, I think they're definitely a little more sneaking under the radar. You know, first couple months of the season, they were, you know, they were okay. They were, you know, right in that playoff picture, but they were not one of the big dogs. But I think really as of late, turn of the calendar, they're really starting to get their game under their feet. And it's kind of, like you said, maybe one of these sneaky contenders where mm-hmm. everyone kind of looked at them at the beginning of the season. And we're like, all oh, these guys are contenders. And they kind of went to the wayside after, a, you know, rougher start. But now I think they're getting right back up to where people kind of expect them to play. Ryan, what would be the biggest question mark with the team? Is it totally obvious to say that the goaltending situation as a whole is uh, the number one maybe, and I don't know if concern is the right word, but what what are your thoughts on the goaltending situation? Uh, It's definitely the biggest question mark because, I mean, whenever you're rotating, whenever you've had five goaltenders play in a season, you, (laughs) something's not going completely correct for you. But, um, it's it's definitely been an interesting case. They, there just seems to be a curse down in Raleigh of you can't have a goaltender in unless he gets injured because it's every single one of them. Frederick Anderson, obviously, you know, unfortunate situation with blood clotting issue. Anthony Ranta has kind of had continuous lower body concerns maybe the last five years of his career. And now Piotr Kochkov has had a bit kind of here and there too. But uh, as of late, I think Piotr's really stepped up in the wake of Anderson Ranta have had longer term struggles. And, you know, Piotr Kochkov is – in his last 10 games, he's got like a .920 save percentage, 8-2-0. Mm-hmm. He's, he's been really good for Carolina. And the question is, can, can he keep carrying this load? I mean, this is going to be like the first season where he really plays 40-some games or whatnot. Yeah. What about Spencer Martin as well, Ryan Hinkle? He's actually been really good. You know, you don't expect too much from a waiver wire guy on his third team in the season. Mm-hmm. But he's coming. He's been in some tough spots, Boston on the road, Vegas on the road. And he picked the wins and convincing wins in both of those fashions. I mean, he played well against the Chicago Blackhawks the other night, and he's just been really good for Carolina, really solid. And I asked him about this. I was like, you know, what kind of compliments your style? And playing in front of this defense, anybody can really make a goaltender look good. Ryan Hankel from the Hockey News, our guest on Sports 1440. Is there any uh, chance that uh, Freddie Anderson can get back at all this year? Actually, he's been practicing with the team. Uh, starting last week, he's been taking full team rep practices, you know, staying the whole time out there with the team, and it's been making progress. I will. I don't know if I would, you know, pencil him into down the road, but I think there's a real possibility with how he's been ramping up his, you know, training and his appearances in practice. Early March wouldn't be crazy from what we're seeing. Yeah, just the fact you know he's missed so much time and you know everything else. It's such a serious thing, and in the sense it's a um, you know not an injury but a different kind of scenario. I just thought you know maybe they're going to take a look at the big picture here. Yeah, I, I think they've been really patient with him. They've been doing everything by him. They take small steps, wait to see how he reacts to things, and you know from all what I've heard, he's been really kind of acing all of his tests and all of his things and really just kind of stepping through every hurdle. They're, they're being very patient. Carolina's mm-hmm. always been a team that never takes chances of injuries. And they're always like, if you're not 100%, you're not going. They, they, they're perfectly fine having guys sit out and not rushing anything. So I think this is all Frederick Anderson pushing for and wanting to return. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to keep, keep letting him practice, probably give him another week of continuous practices to see how he really holds up and 
like I said, I wouldn't be too surprised if maybe early March or something we see him potentially get a game everything stays on track. Yeah, exactly. Um, what about Jordan Martinuk? You know, uh, our Wednesday co-host here is uh, David Schlemko, good friends with Jordan. We had him on. We had Jordan on at the start of the season, and we thought maybe we put a curse on him because he hadn't scored for, you know, the first, it seemed like, couple months of the season. But now he's come on. What about how his play has kind of uh, evolved over the course of the season? It's funny. You'll ask Rod Brendamore about, you know, if you ask him about Jordan Martin, he'd be like, oh, you know, has anything changed now? He's got, you know, I think eight goals or something at the start of the new year. He's doing all, he's getting all his points. And he would, he would tell you the one thing that makes Martin special is that his game does not change. Mm. He's his most consistent. He's one of the most consistent players on the Hurricanes. I think early in the year, just really, really unlucky. I mean, he was having batting pucks out of the air and having them hit the corner of the crossbar type of scenarios. And as of late, he's been he's been playing just he just plays so hard. He plays mm-hmm. hard physical hockey, north south, and he's not afraid to go to the net. And I think you know everybody knows that's where you got to go to score goals. It also helps you throw Steph Jarvis on the line yeah. and install a little bit of an offensive playmaker and things start clicking a little better too. I think that also helps. Yeah, Ryan Hankel with us on Sports 1440. Uh, Seth Jarvis is where I was going to go next. And, uh, you know, he has just had a remarkable season. He's had, you know, he's had a remarkable young career. You know, he was drafted one spot ahead of Dylan Holloway in that 2020 draft, but his numbers are as good as anyone's, uh, save from Tim Stutzley in that draft. Uh, what has he meant his progression so quickly in Carolina? What's that meant to the team? It's been everything for the Hurricanes. I mean, you know, they talk. We talk all the time about in Carolina about how you know secondary scoring. You need kind of additional guys to step up outside of the Sebastian Alhos and the Andre Sveshnikovs. And he's just he's been almost everything Carolina could ask for as a complete player. And he's on the first penalty kill unit. He's on the first power play unit. He plays a two hundred foot game. Back checks like crazy. Four checks like crazy. The kid is unafraid of anything. He's. He's not the biggest guy, as you well know, but mm-hmm. he, he'll go into the corners with a guy like Tyler Myers or Victor Hedman and throw his body around and try to win pucks. He's completely unafraid of anybody in hockey, and he, he's just he's like a little ball of energy. Yeah. He's, he's just been a cannon for the Hurricanes, and like I said, that production that he's beginning, he's now set new career highs and goals, assists, and points. It's, it's been everything for the team because you can't just rely on like one or two guys. You need depth down the line. Mm-hmm. He provides that all on an affordable ELC contract. Yeah. Uh, how quickly did he earn the trust of, of Rod Brindamore? Was it right in season one? Did it take to the end of his rookie year? Where, how did that happen? I would think it kind of really took off in the second half of last year. Mm-hmm. But I would say kind of right away, Rod kind of always, always had an affinity for him because out of um, training camp, he didn't get sent back down the juniors or anything he sticked with the team i think nine games into the season before he got his chance to play after that it was just no looking back I, rob just loves his work ethic the way he just is unafraid he plays through anything and just kind of his mentality it's like i said that second half of last season he started getting penalty kill time he <laughs> funny so he was always like he was like he told tim gleason is the assistant coach runs the penalty kill he was like i was begging gleason to let me on the penalty kill <laughs> and he eventually got the chance and he's just been getting better at that, getting more solid, playing that 200-foot game. I think last year we saw the dip in production from him that maybe had people questioning, but it was because he was working on that 200-foot defensive mm-hmm. game because he wanted to get better at that before he really got better offensively. And and I think once we saw him you know, commit to that, that's when Rod was like, this, is, this kid is going to be special. Uh, I mean, he's, he's played 29 playoff games already. 
that's that's you know for a guy that's just been in the league you know two years he played 14 and uh, you know two years ago and then 15 last year um do you see that i guess that that responsibility in the sense that where rod brindamore how he played there is no uh you gave it a hundred percent all the time in all zones and is this a similar situation but different body type you mentioned he's a lot smaller than brindamore but does he take a lot from his coach is kind of what i'm trying to get at here yeah, I can definitely see him embodying a lot of what kind of Rod Brendamore stood for as a player. That kind of commitment to working hard, to being in the right places, to doing the right things, doing it the right way is how Rod likes to put it. And I see a lot of that in Jarvis as well. I mean, he's he'll back check like crazy. He'll go from, you know, down below the goal line to he'll just get on his high horse and he will go to kill a two-on-one play. He, he just will not give up on pucks. And that's something, like I said, Rod mm-hmm. Brendamore truly truly loves in a player yeah i mean he was uh, one of the best in that as far as the trade deadline goes here uh, as we're speaking with ryan hankel from the hockey news covers the carolina hurricanes how busy how active do you think that uh, general manager don waddell will be coming up to the trade deadline here in just over a couple of weeks it's always a bit hard to say with don because i think he keeps his cards a little close to his chest and they always talk his whenever he does appearances you know it's the phrase we like our team mm-hmm. a lot of things they don't like to shake things up the philosophy with the team is we make our deals in the off season we build our team in the off season and go but you know they obviously would love to add you know top nine help they're always looking to add potentially top nine forward uh could see a center maybe for the team because they've had some good they've had some you know solid center play but a second-line center could be a big addition for them. But again, I don't know how active Don will be in the trade market just because history tells you that it's always a lot of depth pieces and never a lot of big pieces. But they're always, they're always in on deals, so it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Would you say that the Hurricanes are happy with their defense? And, I mean, Brett Burns, still can he can still bring it every night, but... There's not a lot of tread left on the tires. He's played a lot of big, big minutes over the course of his career. Where do you see things shaking down there? I think they're very, very happy with their defense. Um, I mean, I think it's one of the best blue lines in the league. I mean, Brent Burns is still playing 20-plus minutes a night. Doesn't look any slower. It's just, yeah. He's an absolute workout freak. I mean, the guy's in crazy, crazy shape. And I, I think they're really happy with that. They brought in Dmitry Orlov, and he's playing third-pair minutes with Jalen Chatfield and he can move up the lineup real, relatively easily. They've done that with Brett Pesci was sick a couple games ago. And, you know, Tony D'Angelo hasn't played a ton this season, but he's had to play the last few games. He's been playing well. He's been playing solid. So I think maybe that builds their confidence a little more in their defensive depth. But I also could see them adding, like, going after a seventh defenseman mm-hmm. in the market. Just some guy stayed home veteran because, you know, like you said, injuries happen in the playoffs, and you don't want to be in a spot where you're looking for somebody. Ryan Hankel from the Hockey News, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Sticking with Brent Burns, how much has he meant to the locker room and being sort of a glue guy to bring things together in that room? Uh, he's been he's been really big in that. I know we'll hear from like other guys around. Like Jarvis was one of those guys who was really, really big with Burns. I mean, and there's stories about how he would come over for dinners and like him, Burns' wife would be cooking you know, Jarvis meals and it always be like, Oh, what kind of, what kind of exotic animal will be? Cause you know, I think about Brent Burns, he's got, he's a little bit of a hunter and all that. Got a ranch out in Texas, but, um, no, he's been really good, especially with the younger guys. He's got his son, Jagger Burns. who's really close with a lot of the young guys on the Canes. You know, you'll see him come out for practices after practices, mm-hmm. kind of just get around with his dad. He's very cooking. I mean, Jarvis are two guys that really like 
bond with him, like mess with him and all that. It's a very, very close family atmosphere yeah. in Carolina. And Burns has you know, been a big part of that. It kind of acts like maybe you're, you're slightly a little crazy uncle or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that the truth? He kind of reminds me of that, like the slightly crazy uncle that's, you know, he's whatever, 16 years older than a couple of those guys. But he has that ability to be 19 years old. How's that sound? Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, uh, and just a just a uh, you know the story like all the stories when he packs for the road and that and things like that. Can you share a bit of that with uh, with our listeners, uh, Ryan? <laughs> I think he's got he's got a giant backpack <laughs> and a couple other bags he brings. I think from what I've heard, he's got like a coffee maker. He brings his own coffee. <laughs> he's got exotic coffee to imported that he brings. He's got to have that. I think two pillows. Uh, he's got like these custom kind of like recovery equipment. He's got these giant bags. He just brings everywhere with him. Like, they ask like guys about it in the team. They're like, Burns takes up a whole seat with his bags right next to him. Nobody sits next to him because he's got just a whole room for all of his bags he brings. Uh, the guys must just really rib them, though. And that's what brings teams together, things like that. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of, especially Burns, you know, you'll hear him chirping a lot of the guys, too. Like, um, Brendan Lemieux is always a guy that Burns is like messing with, tapping him in the back of the legs and whatnot teasing him in practices and whatnot. So Burns is just as bad as any of the other young guys in terms of those little ribbons and whatnot. Yeah. Well, uh, Ryan, thanks so much for your time this morning. Really appreciate it. Uh, Carol, uh, one quick question. So did, uh, when uh, the Canes beat Chicago 6-3 on, on uh, Monday and then they play Florida tomorrow, before we get to that one, just your thoughts on kind of really watching a game with Connor Bedard because you don't see him, I guess, you know, playing, you know, a different division that often. So what was that like, I guess, for you to kind of kind of keep an eye on watching Connor Bedard for a full 60? It was nice to see, you know, it's always, like you said, those West Coast players, like, like Connor McDavid doesn't come to Carolina too often, so it's always mm-hmm. a treat to see him. But it was a similar thing with Bedard. I mean, Chicago was completely outclassed in that game, and you could tell early that Carolina, they just weren't ready for Carolina's speed and forecheck. But Connor Bedard was one player that just he stood out among it all. I mean, he had three primary points in that game. Every, every goal, he was either scoring or setting it up. And it's his speed, his ability to just create separation and create distance. It's like you see the rest of the Chicago's team completely like stuck in the mud. And him, he's just skating like on ice. And he's, he's moving tremendously well and being able to read Carolina's defensive structures and being able to help take it apart doing it. And that's something we don't see too often from many players. So it's it's really impressive to see an 18-year-old with that kind of hockey IQ and the abilities to do something when you watch everyone else around him simply cannot do it. Mm-hmm. So Carolina uh, home to Florida tomorrow. What do you make of that game? The Panthers have now overtaken Boston for first in the Atlantic and probably the second hottest team in the league behind the New York Rangers right now. Yeah, Florida's a team that I definitely can see you know, going back to the Stanley Cup final, the way they're playing. I mean, they're they're mean, they're big, they're scoring like crazy. Sam Reinhardt, just, you give them yeah. a power play, and Sam Reinhardt's scoring a goal, I, it's almost a guarantee at this point. They're deep. I mean, that's just a very, very good hockey team. Palmer has got them buying into a better defensive system than they had in years prior, too. I think that's just a, it's just a very, very well-balanced team. And, I, and, you know, a little slower start. They had some injuries. Guys waiting to come back, like Ekblad and Montour. And I think now that they're healthy again, I just they're just going. They're just flying. Ryan, thanks for this. Appreciate your time. Uh, have fun watching that one tomorrow. Florida and Carolina should be a good one. Thanks for hopping on this morning. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me.